I confess, I once had a date with one girl in an afternoon and another date with another girl that evening. When I was having sex with the afternoon girl, I faked an orgasm so I'd be able to perform 100% for the evening girl as well. So a thought Sounds like a good strategy. Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a live storytelling series based in Austin, Texas. Whether the performers are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions explore themes of sexuality, gender identity, dating, marriage, masturbation, breakups, health and wellness, and more. Whether the story is hysterical or downright emotionally raw, we hope Bedpost Confessions will either spark a fantasy or start a conversation. Maybe even both. The name of the story is In the Red Light. When I'm in bed with my lover, I often get this powerful feeling. Something building deep in my gut, sending shivers through my legs and my arms until I have no choice but to let out a quivering moan. Yes, I'm talking about shame. My orgasm and shame are so intertwined that sometimes I can't tell which one is building inside my body. However, one night I got lucky, and a woman shined a light upon my pleasure and my pain. I was 22. I had recently been dumped. I was wandering through Europe. So clearly, I went to Amsterdam to find something that would make me feel good. <laughs> I arranged to meet a college friend, and I made my way. On the way, I met a Belgian man who insisted I go to the Kleinestradas. I asked him, what are the Kleinestradas? And he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> he just insisted that I find them. So in Amsterdam, my friend and I had a hostel right on a canal. And one night, we smoked a joint and decided to have a drink at every bar along the canal. <laughs> it was the end of the night, and we found ourselves in an ordinary pub, small, with a wooden bar, and a tall bartender with a wiry gray mustache. We got to talking. He was friendly and strange. And I asked him, what are the Kleinestradas? He said, ah, the Kleinestradas. <laughs> it means skinny streets. And they're right across the bridge here on the canal. I was so excited, so happy, I didn't even ask anything else. <laughs> I finished my beer and dragged my friend across the bridge, and we crossed the canal and ended up on the other side. We stood at the entrance to a very skinny alleyway that was overflowing with a red glow. And we entered the alley. The street was so thin that both of my elbows could touch the walls as we walked down past the red illuminated windows. In the windows were women, some in bikinis, some in lingerie. Some windows had two women. Some windows were covered by a thick red velvety curtain 
hiding the sex inside. Some women were tall, some were short, some were thick, some were thin. There was women of many different races, ethnicities, and what I assumed many cultures as well. We made our way down the skinny streets that were twisting and turning. It was like a labyrinth bending deeper and deeper into the red lights. Finally, we arrived at a dead end. It was a courtyard with four stone walls. It might as well have been a dungeon. My friend and I looked at each other, we talked it over, and we agreed. We were going to fuck, and we were going to pay for it. So I turned around because I had a woman in mind. And I made my way back through the twists and the turns to where I thought her window would be. But when I got there, her curtain was closed. <sighs> now I almost feel angry. But at the time, I think I was just disappointed and confused. So I turned around looking for another woman who built my appetite and desire to fulfill my fantasy. But the women that I found the sexiest, I was also the most afraid of, so I passed them by. And I ended up back in the middle of the labyrinth in the dungeon. And from a corner of this small square courtyard, a man's voice said, you better hurry up and pick. All the rooms are going to fill up. I felt hopeless. I didn't know what to do. I almost felt like panic was building inside of me. So I turned around again, still with this woman in mind, and frantically moved back up the labyrinth to where I would hope to find this woman. And when I finally arrived to where I thought she would be, Again, she was standing in the window. She was 5'3", olive skin, long brown hair. She had soft rolling curves. The sight of her rocked me like a calm sea swell. She looked like many of the women I had been with before. So I w went up to her doorway, and she opened the door. She said, do you want to come in? I was feeling vulnerable, insecure, nervous, but I pretended to be arrogant. <laughs> I said, how much? She said, 50 euros, just the same as everybody else. Suck and fuck, two positions, you get 20 minutes. Again, with this false arrogance, I said, what if I don't come? Which is really funny, because I'm really good at coming. <laughs> she replied, with me, that's not possible. Her confidence was the security I needed to take the next step and enter the room. As soon as I got in, 
she asked me if I would wash my hands in a sink. So I washed my hands and dried thoroughly as she sat in a bikini on the bed. There was a silver silk sheet on the surface of the bed that was reflecting the red glowing light that filled the room. I asked her if she would undress me. She said, first pay. So I gave her 50 euros and she stood up to put it in a locker in the corner of the room. She looked over her shoulder as she was locking the money and said, take off your pants. So I took off my shoes and my jeans and when I turned around again, she was sitting on the bed completely naked. I was so surprised and excited. She was beautiful. And I swear I saw her face start to make a smile, but quickly she relaxed, as if to say, this is all business. Then she said, you can touch me anywhere but my pussy and my nipples, and don't put your mouth on me. Then she invited me to come lay on the bed. So I walked over to the silky bed and laid down. She started to rub my quickly erecting cock on the outside of my boxers. And when she felt that I was completely hard, she took them off. I felt like I was in the hands of an erotic teacher and I trusted her. There was a bedside table with all her tools of the trade and she reached over and got a bottle of some kind of sanitizing lotion. <laughs> she cleansed her hands and then cleansed my penis. And then she took a condom out and in one swift motion she opened the condom and slid it down to the base of my cock. It was clear she was a pro. <laughs> then she took a paper towel and poked a hole in the middle <laughs> and put it over my cock, <laughs> creating a barrier between my pubic hair and her body. Then she put her mouth on me. I had never gotten head with a condom and I was pleasantly surprised. As she slid her mouth from the tip to the base of my penis, I could feel how warm and wet her mouth was. And I could feel every tiny detail of her tongue swirling around the tip of my cock. I could feel my desire building and I put my hand on her back and slid it down to her ass and squeezed her into me. At that moment, she suddenly stopped. She said, do you want to fuck me? <laughs> I felt shy. <laughs> but I said, uh-huh. Then she lifted one knee up and put it on the other side of my body. She was straddling me. And she leaned over me with her breasts in my face and 
grabbed another bottle from her table. She squirted lube on her hand and then rubbed it onto her vagina. Onto her vagina. Then she lowered her body closer to me and she guided my penis into her. She was warm and wet, but I could tell she was not aroused. She wasn't swelling with lust. Nonetheless, it felt good. She slowly slid up and down, up and down, and I started to doubt myself and doubt the whole experience and question my morals. Was I abusing her? Was this wrong? I decided to, it was no choice. I started to distract myself from the shame by thinking about what did I want to do to her, what I wanted her to do to me. I decided I want her to spin around and ride me reverse cowgirl so I could see her ass grinding on me and so she couldn't see my face. So I mumbled, mm, will you turn around? <laughs> she said, what? <laughs> so it took all the strength I had to again say, will you turn around? She said, okay, but this is your second position. <laughs> and you only get two. And then she got off of me and got on all fours. I was confused, but I did what I thought I was supposed to do. So I got behind her and she reached back and grabbed me and again, pulled me into her body. And I started to push into her and then push her away, back and forth. And I started to wonder why I wasn't getting exactly what I wanted. Were my desires wrong? I felt bad for having desires. I felt even worse for not having them fulfilled. And I pushed into her and pulled away and squeezed her tight as my mind spun out. And through the thoughts, I felt an orgasm building. And as I came, I pulled her as tight as I could and she pulled away. She spun around and massaged my cock as I erupted. I knew she was protecting herself and it still felt kind. As quickly as she put it on, she took it off. She took the condom off and the paper towel and cleaned me off and then started to clean herself off. I put on my boxers and my pants still spinning in shame. The guilt lasted far longer than the orgasm did. And I needed to speak. I wanted to talk to her about this. I wanted to tell her how I felt. I wanted to know how she felt. I decided to ask her if she liked this, as if, if she said yes, it would cleanse me of my shame. I said, did you like this? She said, you're a nice guy, you pay me, you're easy to please. 
So yeah, like this. And she went on to say, but this is not sex for me. This is not how my boyfriend fucks me. You don't fuck your girlfriend like this. And it felt like a stone hit me in my chest. I sat down in the chair in the room. In the red light of realization, holy fuck. I have fucked many of the women I've been with just like this. They touch me, I fuck them, I come, it's over. I could feel the shame burning in my mind, my chest, my gut. I needed to speak more, but she did first. She said, what, do you think sex is bad? I thought to myself, do I think sex is bad? Of course I think sex is bad. Sex is bad, my desire is bad, my pleasure is bad, my orgasm is bad, I'm bad. She spoke again. She said, sex is natural. What's the difference between having sex and giving a massage? The next thing she said was, I think you should put your shoes on. <laughs> so I did. And I walked towards the door where she was standing there holding the door for me. I said, thank you. And she said, come again tomorrow. We can try something new. I went back into the skinny street, hoping that I was as special to her as she still is to me. And I made my way out of the labyrinth back to the canal. I started walking towards the hostel and I heard someone call my voice from behind me. And I turned around in the night that was far darker now after spending time in the glow of the red lights to see my friend with a cheeseburger in one hand <laughs> and a bag of McDonald's in the other. We smiled and I reached into the warm, moist bag <laughs> and grabbed a handful of French fries and shoved them into my mouth. It seemed wrong, but it tasted so good. <laughs> we spent the rest of the night smoking weed and talking about our experiences having sex with prostitutes in the red light district. And many years later, the words of this teacher, her instructions are still with me. You don't fuck your girlfriend like this. And her words come to me many times when I'm in bed with my lover. They remind me to treat her like the beautiful woman that she is and to hold the burning intention to fill her body with pleasure. But I'm still not a perfect lover. Many times I forget her instructions and I get lost in my guilt and my desire, and I forget to attend to my partner's needs. But there are times that I remember. I remember to love my lust just as much as I love the pleasure of my partner's body.
And when we celebrate the sensations of these flesh-born bodies, we conceive a red light of our own. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. You don't have to attend a show to confess. With our confession scroller, you can confess with us anytime on our site at bedpostconfessions.com. Also pick up a copy of our anthology, Bedpost Confessions, Real Sex, Real People, Real Stories, which features 35 stories and hundreds of audience confessions. Bedpost Confessions, the anthology, found on Amazon in print and ebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and if you have a sec, please help bring Bedpost Confessions to more people by rating the podcast. You know how it works. More ratings and reviews equals higher podcast ranking equals more confessions. Thanks for your support, and until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess that I've had a foursome with one of the ladies on stage and two other lovely ladies. She knows how to lick a girl's pussy. I wonder who this person's talking about. Feeling a little flustered. I confess that I am not sexy. People don't come on to me. They are never attracted to me. I am seen as cute, as fun, as kind, as serious, never as sexy. I am seen as a friend, as confident, a sister, a mother, never a lover. I confess that just because I don't have sex with other people, you better believe I have sex with me. (laughs) And that doesn't mean I have nothing to say. So glad you're here.